The word multimedia is the use of a variety of artistic or communicative media using more than one medium of expression or communication. Café is a type of establishment that serves coffee and is known as a place where information can be exchanged. The following is the audio version of the Multimedia Café. Happy Monday to you folks, and welcome to the Multimedia Cafe. I'm your host, Jason Spies. Thank you very much for pulling up a stool, joining the conversation here at the Multimedia Cafe. Now, what we've done is we've embraced modern technology in all of its different forms, hence multimedia. So we might talk to somebody over the phone. We might talk to somebody over Skype. We might have a face-to-face conversation, all kinds of different forms of media these days. In fact, let me tell you about the different forms of media. First off, I'd like to thank you. I'd like to thank you for listening to the Multimedia Cafe and choosing us as a source for your content. Now, our interviews are exclusive and they're original. So you're going to walk away with at least something, if not entertained. You're going to learn something. But keep in mind, these are original, exclusive interviews. So... I would like to thank you very much for choosing us as a place to get your content. There are so many places to get content. I was gassing up the other day, and there was Steve Harvey on a television screen right in between pumps giving me the news. I got Steve Harvey giving me news now at the gas station. You can get content from almost anywhere. Newspapers, magazines, radio stations, this podcast and radio show, a website, all kind, your phone, all kinds of, the taxi going by giving you sports scores, all kinds of different places. Whew, finally finished that sentence. So anyway, I thank you very much for choosing the Multimedia Cafe. I'm your host, Jason Spies, and we do have exclusive interviews. And here's what we got lined up today. Awesome, awesome program today. Austin Aries. He's a plant-based pro wrestler. He's an author and a speaker. And uh, he's got an interesting story about how he became a plant-based pro wrestler. And I tell you, you run into all kinds of people here at the Multimedia Cafe. But pro wrestlers, they travel all over the place, and they're known to be found in a cafe. All right, then you know what we're going to do? We're going to talk a little job market, a little workplace. It's changed in many forms and many facets. In other words, the skills gap that's been going on has really increased so much so that people are a bit worried about it. Now, also happening is there's a debate going on between the four-year degrees and whether you should get a two-year trade or skills degree or a nine-month trade degree, that sort of thing. The traditional four-year degree, business degree, versus becoming a welder, versus becoming an artificial intelligence operator which is like a one to two year degree now so the traditional four-year degree mindset is changing and we talked to michelle comer she is now in charge of the north dakota commerce department however when we did this interview because this is a pre-recorded interview we did it about a month ago and what we were talking about was these topics but at that time her title was she was in charge of north dakota job service and she was the labor commissioner and so she was very much in pulse and tuned to that And so we talked about that four-year degree versus the two-year degree, and she flat out says the mindset has to change. And then in our Crude Life Daily Update, we talk with David Allen, Elite Energy Services, about his 
electric heater treater scanner. It's basically a fire tube and how they're preventing some saltwater disposal spills out in the oil patch. Great interview, awesome program. Austin Aries, Michelle Comer, David Allen, all that plus much more on today's episode of the Multimedia Cafe. My name is Jason Spies and you're listening to the Multimedia Cafe. Over the past few months, I've told you about how unbelievable hatch coaching is. Don't just take my word for it. Listen to what Christy Huber, president of the United Way of Cass Clay, says about hatch coaching. One of the best things I can share is I've had an opportunity to sit down with a community leader and Eric. And we were talking and this community leader said, you know, United Way, what's your connection there? And Eric said, you know, as a child, my family would have been a family that would have benefited from United Way programming. And you don't necessarily get to see that down the road because you see someone who's been very successful in business and you see somebody who has um, helped a lot of other people along the way. But sometimes we don't stop to ask, you know, what's, what's the why? What's your why behind that? To find out more about Hatch Coaching or to have Eric Hatch speak at your event or company, visit HatchCoaching.com. That's HatchCoaching.com. Or call 701-212-1572. That's 701-212-1572. Welcome back to the Multimedia Cafe. My name is Jason Spies. I'm your host today. Thank you, folks, for pulling up a stool, joining the conversation. Coming up next, we're going to talk with Austin Aries, professional wrestler Austin Aries, but he's a plant-based professional wrestler a lot of you may recognize him from his days with the ring of honor impact wrestling otherwise known as tna total non-stop action and then of course the world wrestling entertainment he's known for his athletic ability in the ring charismatic personality outside of the ring and he currently wrestles around the globe for various top promotions in addition to his other various projects and his speaking engagements within the plant-based community. And that's what we're going to talk to him about today, is kind of that plant-based community, how he kind of is with being a pro wrestler. I mean, those guys are known for eating 6,000 calories a day, chicken breasts and rice and that sort of thing, and broccoli. And he's just a broccoli guy, I guess, bananas and whatnot. So the Wisconsin native, you got to realize that, the guy grew up in Wisconsin. I mean, cheese is so embedded into the culture. You got cheese curds, you got cheese heads. And so he doesn't even eat cheese being a plant-based guy. So Austin Aries tells us a story about his plant-based lifestyle here on the Multimedia Cafe. Well, you know, I I think, and I talk about in my book, you know, there was this moment back when I was about seven or eight, my grandparents had a small farm and I was feeding some grass to the cow through the fence. And uh, we had a moment you know, where, where I was staring in, in these in these big eyes of this cow, and it was looking back at me while I was feeding it. And there was this connection there, and I realized, you know, it's just a living creature. It's thinking, it's feeling. Um, I may not speak its language, but, you know, we had this we had this moment, which sounds kind of silly. And then, you know, 20 minutes later, dinner was ready, and, and we're eating broths and burgers, and I, and I kind of, you know, put the correlation together, and it didn't sit right with me, right? So 
I think at a base level, the idea of eating other living creatures really is off-putting to me. It always was, but you just do it. You, you do what's around you, right? If you want to have dessert, you got to eat your dinner, so to speak. Uh, and he didn't really ask too many questions. And again, you know, in, in the 80s in Wisconsin, of all places, the idea of being vegetarian or vegan wasn't something that you know you're, you heard of. It just wasn't a thing. Um, but there was always something that just didn't, was off-putting to me about eating these things when you really think about what they are, whether it's the secretions of animals, whether it's you know, whether it's the, you know, the eggs, you know, when you really think about what an egg is or, or when you're actually talking about the flesh itself. So that part always was sitting in me. When I started to actually, you know, peel back layers and realize where the food was coming from, it wasn't coming from my grandma and grandpa's farm. It was coming from these huge corporate slaughterhouses. That's a whole different ballgame. You know, and then looking into what, what the health factors were. So when I put all these things together, uh, there was just this one point where, you know, I was making a bunch of chicken breasts because I was, you know, starting to train to wrestle, and you know, I'm I'm, I'm buying into that. I need I need protein for muscle. I'm getting back in the gym, getting back my physique that I'd lost in college, which was you know quite easy to do. And um, I was cooking up all these chicken breasts one day, and I just it all kind of hit me with everything that I've been learning and, and and my my gut instinct, and I just said, you know what, this is really gross, and I think I'm done with this. And 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 the next day, I really I stopped eating meat. And uh, so again, like I, I'm not a pet person. I grew up around pets. You know, my family had pets. But my life isn't conducive to me having pets. I, you know, I'd love to have a, I'd love to love to have a dog, but I travel way too much. It would be selfish to try to, to try to do that. But I can have a respect and I can have a love for all living creatures without having to be a pet person or without having to take that angle of, of trying to you know shame or shock people into making these decisions. Because like yourself, I've gone you know I've, there's a lot of different angles you can take to try to appeal to people, and the one that for me is the most successful is hey go right to the basic basic selfish level of the person, which is your own health and well being. And then also don't don't try to force anything on them or tell them it has to be all or nothing approach. Uh, you know, again, I say I'm not sitting there trying to shove anybody in the deep end of the pool before they know if the water is nice or if they can even swim. Uh, you know, I encourage people to just sit down and put their feet in because I'm confident enough that once they do and they, and they feel they feel how nice it is that they'll, they'll slip in themselves and they'll be swimming on their own in no time. And that was plant-based professional wrestler and speaker and author Austin Aries telling the story about how he became a plant-based wrestler. Coming up next, we're going to talk with Michelle Comer with the North Dakota Commerce Department about that four-year college degree mindset. All that plus much more coming up here next on the Multimedia Cafe. My name is Jason Spies, and you're listening to the Multimedia Cafe. I'm walking, I'm talking, I'm smoking, I'm joking with the people that I know. I'm thinking, I'm drinking, I'm spinning, I'm grinning. Hope my car starts when I go. Welcome back to the Multimedia Cafe. My name is Jason Spies. Thank you, folks, for pulling up a stool, joining the conversation here. And you hear that? That was one of our Facebook sounds that came in because we're all over the place the multimedia cafe we're on the phone we're face to face we're over facebook we're over skype we are all over the place in the terms of multimedia because who knows how you're getting your content these days i mean you get it from your phones you get it from the taxi driving by with the sports scores on their decals you can go to the bathroom now and there's televisions in the bathroom giving you news so i appreciate it folks Getting your content right here, and we got an exclusive interview coming up next with Michelle Comer. Currently, she's the head of the North Dakota Commerce Department. 
Previously, she was the North Dakota Labor Secretary, and when her and I sat down, we talked a little bit about that four-year degree, two-year degree, one-year trade degree, that type of thing, how maybe the four-year degree is not exactly what people should be doing anymore. It used to be an automatic thought. Trade schools kind of were looked down upon. That's a true story. They kind of were for about 20, 30 years. Well, you know what? Trade schools have had a renaissance. Artificial intelligence, welding, cooking, all kinds of trades and skills are coming back that are needed across the country. And you know what? People are starting to take notice. So much so that the state of North Dakota now is having a public discussion. Maybe that four-year degree needs a different mindset. So Michelle Comer talking about exactly that right here on the Multimedia Cafe. Talk to me about your your reaction to what I just told you about. As a parent, yeah. I don't know if I want my kid going to a four-year school unless he knows exactly what he wants to be. You bet. Well, I'm smiling as I listen to you because that is directly addressed here. Oh. And I'm also smiling because we say kind of tongue-in-cheek, hey, all we need to do is change a 40-year-old paradigm <laughs> that says that you have to go to get a four-year degree to get a good mm-hmm. job. And it's as much the parents, if not more, it's you and I, like you just said, as it is the kids and helping them be aware of what these opportunities are. And then it's recognizing um, the shift in the cost of education today versus 10 or 12 or 15 years ago. And that today, um, you know, getting a general liberal arts degree can cause a child student to incur, you know, a fair amount of debt. Um, and whereas a technical degree degree today, in many cases, you can have paid for by an employer who's really aching mm-hmm. for workforce, right? So you graduate with a technical degree, and just to be clear, these can be in the trades, but they can also be in healthcare. They are many, as we've learned through this process, are highly technical jobs. And um, you can graduate with no debt. You can walk out of school. And I've heard story after story, not just anecdotes, but real stories here in North Dakota where you graduate with no debt. You're age 20 and you're making $50,000, $60,000. Whereas with a four-year general liberal arts degree, you may struggle mm-hmm. to find that job and you may struggle to make $30,000 a year. And you now have X amount of dollars in student debt. So. We're not trying to encourage or discourage four-year degrees. That's not the message here. But we do want to raise awareness for parents like you and I that there are the options. And we want to make uh, make that known to our students, too, that you know the stereotype that has perpetuated in our entire country over the last course of the last 40 years is no longer true. And to illustrate, in my mind, and I am not the creative type, I like data, analytics, math, and science, but in my mind, I picture, you know, a split screen, and let's call it a YouTube video, not TV, and on each side you have, you know, on one side you have a young man who's standing in front of a nice house with a three-car garage and nice car, other side of the screen, young woman, same exact scenario, right? And you start flashing up on the screen, okay, so John went to get his four-year degree, graduated with $45,000 in debt. Here's his mortgage payment, here's his house payment, here's his starting salary. You get in the red pretty quick. Then start adding up savings that you're not saving for your retirement because of that scenario. And on the other side, the young woman's, you know, went to a tech school, has no debt, 
same house payment, same car payment. Um, and then to cap it off, you know, we watched him in our screen drive to his job in a suit and tie as a junior lender mm-hmm. at a bank. And this is the paradigm that I have for my kids. Maybe you do too. Maybe others do, right? Um, and and we watched her get in her car and drive to her job as a technician in a manufacturing plant, except the view blows up our stereotype of what that means. I've been to these plants. They're white and gleaming and clean. And and she goes to work as a, as a high-tech welder in a room that looks more like a mainframe. Uh, I'm aging myself, but let's call it a computer, a computer room, you know, a, it looks more like NASA, you right, know, right. and and that's the message that I think we really have to help our students receive. Uh, that's what we have to help our parents understand. I'm included in that. In the course of the last 11 months, um, I have three kids: a senior in high school, a junior in high school, and a sixth grader. And um, I was preparing to do a speech, um, the title of which was "Good Jobs That Pay Without a BA." Only because it rhymed. I meant mm-hmm. all bachelor's mm-hmm. degrees. And my husband came into the den and he, you know, what are you doing? I told him what I was doing. And he kind of smirked and he said, so you'd be all right with the girls going to a tech school. And it was the moment of truth because at this point now I've done all this research. I understand the real life situation, the jobs available here, what they look like. I've been and visited many of these places where these jobs exist. And I, I gulped and I said, Absolutely. But that would not have been true had I not been so deeply immersed in this work. And that's what we have to find a way to share with others. Well, you said it right. It's a 40-year-old mindset that needs to be changed. And I've had this conversation with multiple people over the past five years. Um, The one that comes to mind is Brian Lash. He owned Target Logistics. Oh, yeah. Um, They basically put housing out in the oil patch, temporary housing. They did the Olympics. Halliburton's a client of theirs. I mean, that sort of thing. And um, we would talk about how you're 20 years old, you're done with your education, you're making fifty dollars to $70,000 a year, you're not adding more debt on like a college kid would. Like, I don't, I know they banned the credit cards from the college campuses, or at least they tried, mm-hmm. but think of how many people they go to college, they get a credit card the bar tabs, the dinners out, the McDonald's breakfast sandwich the next morning, you soak it all up. You put it all on your credit card, right? Yeah. And so not only do you have a student loan debt, but you have a credit card debt or you have you have a lot more of that type of debt. But when you're 20 and you, you get you, all of a sudden you're, you're making 50 to 75 as a, a diesel mechanic or a CDL license, whatever, you're in a world of responsibility, so you're not bringing on that ancillary debt. So we talk about that a little bit, but then we talk about you know what? After five years, you got fifty to hundred grand saved up. Yes. Now you can go start a subway. Yeah. Now now you can go start your 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 art project store that you wanted to start up. Whatever your dream is, yeah. and guess what? You always have a fallback. Absolutely. You have a fallback, yeah. and so. These were, and these are not only Brian Lash, but several other oil and gas executives because they see it. And their mindset has changed to where they would have, you know, 10 years ago, you probably wouldn't have said that. You know, you would have said, no, I want you to get a four year degree, that sort of thing. And that that actually would have been the right thing to say. Mm -hmm. But now there's options out there. And, you know, the, the, the trades didn't have the opportunity that they had now. I mean, Artificial intelligence has changed the trades, 
and when you got energy using it and ag using it and healthcare using it and everybody seemed to use it let's talk about that healthcare for a second sure um what did your study find that was needed for healthcare sure so we went into this knowing that there's been a nursing shortage for 25 years so um you know had we come out of this and said hey there's a nursing shortage we would have had a lot of people say thanks captain obvious we knew that right right and we did but what's dentist too yeah yeah but what's different mm-hmm. about today's healthcare shortage um is really two things michelle comer i'm gonna ask you to hold that thought for just a moment we're talking with michelle comer she is the head of the North Dakota Commerce Department, formerly was in charge of North Dakota uh, Labor Commissioner. And we're talking about that mindset of a four-year degree, how that used to be the mindset for the last 40 years. Well, Michelle's saying that maybe we should start looking at it in a whole new light. Maybe it's a trade, nine month. Maybe it's a one-year trade, two-year trade. Maybe it's a four-year degree after all. Maybe it's the eight-year doctor-lawyer type thing. It's a conversation that needs to be had. That's what we're getting at is that the workplace has changed so much. I mean, you can go and get an artificial intelligence degree in like a year, year and a half, and make 90 grand. That is actually a real thing. So we're going to continue our conversation with Michelle Comer. My name is Jason Spies. This is the Multimedia Cafe. It seems everywhere I go these days, someone is telling me about the success of Hatch Coaching. Listen to what professional speaker Mark J. Lindquist has to say. To see Eric Hatch grow his business and then start to share it with other people, I think is one of those great steps in life. You know, what do you do in society? You succeed at a thing and then you teach other people how you did it. And now to see Eric duplicating his genius across the country, I'm telling you. There's a world changer down the street, and his name is Eric Hatch. For more information, call 701-212-1572 or visit coachingwithhatch.com. That's coachingwithhatch.com. Welcome back to the Multimedia Cafe. My name is Jason Spies. Thank you, folks, for pulling up a stool, joining the conversation right here on the Multimedia Cafe, a place for exclusive interviews. You never know who you're going to run into or how you're going to run into them because we do embrace multimedia here. We have interviews face-to-face, like the one we're having right now with Michelle Comer. We have them over the telephone. We have them over the little computer that I hold in my hand that works as a communication device. A lot of people call it a cell phone. Then, of course, we do them over Skype, Facebook Watch, a lot of different places where you can access content and also produce content. So here at the Multimedia Cafe, we embrace all forms of the multimedia, and we continue our conversation with Michelle Comer. Uh, Just a quick recap here. The workplace has changed many facets and forms. There's uh, been a skills gap, but now they're finding out that the skills gap might have been misinformed, and really we need to take a look at the education that's happening here, the four-year degree versus the two-year degree versus the one-year trade degree, or maybe the nine-month certificate. Um, There's a big conversation that's going on right now about the type of education children should be getting uh, in college. Uh, because you know what sometimes the four-year degree is just a big debt machine so what we're going to do is continue our conversation with michelle comer she's with the north dakota commerce department formerly 
But up until recently, she was the North Dakota Labor Secretary. This is our continued conversation with Michelle Comer right here on the Multimedia Cafe. But what's different about today's healthcare shortage um, is really two things, and it has to do with the generational shift. We've got a, an, a generation of, well, every profession, but it's, it's hitting us hard in healthcare of nurses retiring, but simultaneously we are becoming greater users of healthcare as the baby boomer generation gets older. Mm-hmm. So when you look at you know um, line graphs, you see that trend and it's making this shortage all the more critical and acute, not to mention um, it's particularly acute in rural North Dakota. So, but the one thing that we learned, and not the one thing, we learned a lot of different things through this, but one thing that really stood out to us um, was that even if we solved the nursing shortage in North Dakota, you still can't keep your emergency room open or your critical care hospital open if you don't have x-ray technicians, if you don't have radiology technicians. And so the healthcare tech jobs really, um, that, that became evident to us, thanks to all the folks that were involved in this, that we worked with and interviewed through this process. You know, they said, don't forget this. Even if I solve this nursing problem, there are still these jobs. Well, and as you pointed out, this points straight back to the technical skills gap, right? Mm-hmm. Because a lot of those jobs are attainable with a two-year degree. And um, there we found, to some extent, um, we compared the programs available in North Dakota to educate um, in the areas where we have shortages. And we do have some gaps there. And and that's when, you know, a level of detail that we got to get in to say, hey, you know, there may be an opportunity here to have a program, to develop a program that meets this need. Um, you know, with my kids being the ages they are, I would love for someone to be talking to them um, in school about how there are these jobs open today. You will get one if you can enroll in this program and do well in the program. And you may even get an employer to sponsor you through this. Um, you know, in this process, I have learned that um, that person needs to be me. But that avail that information today, um, you know, we need to as a system, as a North Dakota system, uh, and it's one of our recommendations um, is to figure out how we can integrate this connection, make this connection between the jobs that are available, the programs that are available to educate people to do those jobs, and how we make students. And we don't even want to limit it to students, frankly. This is a situation where people can go back and get educated in these jobs if they're underemployed, if they want to try something different. But we have to draw that connection. We have to convene. And um, what I have found um, is that there's a great appetite to do that. This isn't. We, I haven't run into a scenario where there's a reluctance to collaborate on this. Um, I find great enthusiasm about collaborating on things like this, but it does take a structure to do that convening. And that's, uh, you know, that's what this has really been all about. Well, I'll tell you, one of the things that we um, did in the program a few weeks ago was we interviewed um, um, Patrick Bertinoli from Nuvera, who's now at MBI, but... Yeah. Um, He's on our council. Okay, so yeah. you, okay, great. So the Nuvera... Um, little thing that they have going on with the introducing the CDL licenses to high school kids. Yeah. I thought it was brilliant. It is. I thought it was absolutely brilliant. And I would have been the first one to say, okay, is this, does this pass the, you know, the, the are, are we bleeding private business into high school kids and that sort of thing? Yeah. But that's not what this is about at all. This is about the CDL license yeah. and the opportunity that can come with that. And <clears throat> I really like that. Yeah. I thought that was really smart. 
And we talked to Daniel Stenberg, and he said that if it goes well with this, they're going to, or they're trying to bring in other industries too to the high schools and that sort of thing. And a lot of people don't realize that a lot of high school seniors take tech classes at the local colleges and things like that. And this is where these changes are happening. And I don't think a lot of people realize it. And like you brought up earlier, there's this 40 year old mindset that we have of education. And I see how the oil and gas industry has really changed and shattered a lot of that perception. Um, Talk to me, and we only got about five minutes left here, but uh, talk to me about um, just what Nuvera is doing and where you see that going with under under your oversight as you know labor commissioned uh, uh, job service North Dakota because I would imagine you know you probably want to keep an eye on it. Well, yeah, I mean the next step from here, of course, is to determine which of these recommendations um, should move forward into the execution stage. Some of them take no funding at all; they only take agreement. Some of them take funding. Um, but uh, to get back to your question, you know. What Pat has done, and I admire Pat a great deal, um, he has taken a really innovative approach to his work for Nuvera and now MBI, um, and he thinks about recruiting and retention so far beyond the traditional or conventional way that most people do, and I believe that he is actually um, really defining the future of what that needs to look like in oh, North I agree. Dakota. I agree. And, um, you know, he like you pointed out in your example with the CDL bringing that into the high school, he's gone so far as to um, introduce employees who are, who are, I would say, at risk of not staying in North Dakota, maybe from somewhere else, came here for a job, not connected to the state. He's gone so far as to make community connections mm-hmm. for those folks and just some really innovative things. And I think that employers have to be willing to think about the conventional um, recruiting and retention really differently like like Pat is doing. Employers also have to be thinking about, you pointed this out earlier, um, taking a look into those job requirements and saying, do we really need a four-year degree? Mm-hmm. You know, can we cut that out? It was true, and it remains true today that we, if we want to, we can use the four-year degree as a sorting mechanism. But in many cases, it does nothing to ensure that that candidate is going to be better or worse at their job. So there are some states a little further out ahead of us in doing what we we would call competency-based hiring and throwing away all those traditional paradigms of even how we hire people and think of how that's going to disrupt, you know, kind of the system as we know it. And that was Michelle Comer. She's in charge of the North Dakota Commerce Department. Previous to that, she was the North Dakota Labor Secretary. Great conversation about the type of education children should be entering after high school, whether it be a four-year degree, a two-year degree, an eight-year degree. Maybe it's a nine-month certificate. I'll tell you what, maybe it's just a CDL license. Get your CDL license, go make 150 grand a year for a few years, take some time off and enjoy life. There is so many different ways to approach life. The old adage of, you know what, the IBM way, wash your car on Saturday, work the nine to five shift, do that type of thing, that's gone. There are so many different ways to make money, so many different ways to go to school, so many different hours during the day. So we'd like to thank you very much, Michelle Comer, for bringing that conversation right here to the Multimedia Cafe. Should your child go and pursue a four-year degree or should it be a two-year degree or maybe a nine-month welding certificate or like I said, maybe a CDL license? I'll tell you what, 
What type of quality of life are you and your family looking for? Sit down, have the conversation, because what we're finding out is even the state of North Dakota is talking about whether you should really be doing a four-year degree. That is a progressive, progressive comment by states that really have a lot of four-year institutions that they need their, their, uh, their residents to go to. So good conversation. Michelle Comer. Thank you very much for joining the Multimedia Cafe. Okay, we're going to continue on. Coming up next is our daily crude life update. Of course, the truckers, the oil and gas professionals, the agriculture professionals, those types of jobs that are like natural resources and perceived dirty and just really innovative. That's the crude life. I'll tell you what, there's nothing like living the crude life. When we come back. David Allen talks about how he's doing some spill prevention out in the oil patch right here on the Multimedia Cafe. My name is Jason Spies. I'm your host, and you're listening to the Multimedia Cafe. Even when the flood starts rising, even when the storm comes, I am washed by the water, even when the earth crumbles under my feet. Even when the ones I love turn around and crucify me, I won't never ever let you down. I won't fall. Welcome back to the Multimedia Cafe. My name is Jason Spies. I'm your host. Thank you, folks, for pulling up a stool, joining the conversation here at the Multimedia Cafe, a place where you're never going to know who you're going to run into or what topic you're going to talk about next. Well, up next is our Crude Life Daily Update. So much of our economy and lives are directed by oil and gas, agriculture, trucking, mechanics, all kinds of these jobs that would be considered dirty jobs but nowadays the technology is getting so good the dirty jobs are becoming clean jobs but they're still crude they're still raw they're still real and a lot of times they need a little crude oil to keep them moving so we have our daily crude life update here today we've got a fantastic guest david allen elite energy services family-owned business they used to work in the oil and gas industry came up with a product went out on their own. One of the true capitalistic American stories. You know, you work in an industry, you figure out a way to make the industry safer, more efficient, and you go out on your own, and pretty soon you're having all kinds of success. And Well, not all kinds of success, but enough success to keep you moving, keep your dream alive. And that's what David Allen and Elite Energy Services really is. It's a family business. And what they've done is they've put together a product it's like an electronic heater treater scanner thing, and it assists oil producers in prevention of saltwater disposal spills on production locations. Trust me, David Allen will know how to explain it much better than I. So let's go to David Allen with Elite Energy Services. Uh, we've been in the Bakken now for about five years, and uh, originally we started out uh, working as a roustabout company when we first came out. and. Uh, during the downturn, like everyone else, it really had quite an impact on us. We uh, ended up having to lay most of our crew, back all of our crews off, and and just basically, you know, tried to make the best of it that we could with a, as a family. Just my myself and two sons and my wife were the only ones that were kind of 
left in the area and uh, so that kind of that kind of led to other things we had to come up with come up with different ways to survive the downturn so that led to this uh, scanning program well and that was the one thing that kind of piqued my interest in this particular story was that um, you guys had to reinvent yourself or figure out a new way to make money during the downturn you know I'm in the same boat and a lot of other ones too and Dr. Lauren Scott, who's a um, economist and energy and speaks at a lot of conferences, he always says, you know, a smart, clever capitalist. And so, uh, tell me, how, how did you reinvent yourself? What, what what are you doing now? How did you, you know, turn yourself around during that uh, downturn in order to um, get some cash flow going? Well, what we did is we, uh, you know, we were doing, uh, you know, just a few little odd things once in a while with the. Uh, well, companies, and we were just about to the point where we were ready to close shop and, and head back home to Idaho and kind of get back into what we were doing before. And uh, we as a family kind of got together and said, you know, there's really got to be a way that we can survive this and, you know, come up with a way that's going to have a significant impact uh, on the industry. And so we spent probably a couple of weeks just throwing different ideas, you know, to see what was there, coming up with different thoughts about what we could and couldn't do and one day we just said you know our our expertise for the most part was heater treaters because we were so involved with uh, fire tube changes and preventative maintenance programs and uh, you know everything associated with the with the fire tube like most roundabout crews were and uh, so one of the things that we came up with or started thinking about is there had to be a way to uh, determine how bad these tubes were rather than just allowing them to fail and leak salt water and oil all over the ground or in the worst case scenario just catch on fire i mean you used to see lots of stories about heater treaters burning up or we've even been on a couple locations where we had to, to help replace those and during our preventative maintenance program days for the different oil companies we would actually pull these tubes out and bang on with a hammer and scrape them off with a screwdriver or wire brush to try to find out how bad the corrosion was. And whoever the guy was that was senior on the job made a determination said, okay, it looks good. Either we put it back or we change it. And so to us, that was didn't seem like the most practical way of doing it, that there had to be a more objective way of, of trying to determine how bad the corrosion was with all the technology that's out there in the world, there had to be something that we could do. And so we started investigating it to try to decide if there was anything that existed, and there wasn't. We looked at x-ray, and x-ray had to pull out the tube. Uh, ultrasound, you know, covers such a small area, and you almost have to, to hit the area that's got the most corrosion to even give you much of a of indication of how bad the, the corrosion were, was. And so... We uh, started working with a couple of different outfits all over the world. I spent probably six months calling different places from the UK to Germany to anywhere I could think of to try to come up with, to see if there was something that was there that we could use, and there wasn't. And so we finally spent, after that, a couple of years and developed a, uh, what's called an MFL system, which uses a couple of very large magnets that go inside the fire tube and there's some very sensitive um, uh, sensors inside that scanner head that can determine how 
much uh, resistance there is. So if there is a lot of resistance to the magnets, then the system says, okay, that you don't have any corrosion there. And if there's not much resistance at all, then you've got some corrosion. And so we started working uh, diligently, and like I said, after a couple of years, developed a few prototypes that actually work. And uh, so that's, that's where we're at right now. And that was David Allen with Elite Energy Services with our Crude Life Daily Update. Thank you very much, David Allen. And that's going to conclude today's program of the Multimedia Cafe. Thank you very much, folks, for joining us. As I've mentioned before, I appreciate it very much choosing the Multimedia Cafe as a place to get your content. All the interviews here are exclusive, so there's no reruns, there's no reduplication. I love that word, reduplication. Thank you, Stefan Marbury. So everything you hear here is original. It might be picked up elsewhere, but this is the originator, the source, and thank you very much for choosing us as part of your content. As I, you know, I've mentioned this before, you could, you go to the bathroom and now they've got TVs and bathrooms giving you the news. I pumped up uh, my gas the other day at a gas station and there's Steve Harvey on one of the TV screens in between the gas pumps giving me news, information, all kinds of different things. Last time I was in New York, the taxi cabs have sports scores on them. And that's without your phone. So, I mean, you go ahead and get to your little computer that is in your hand. That's also a communication device known as your cell phone. And I'll tell you what, you, you can get your content anywhere. So that's what the Multimedia Cafe. You can check us out on YouTube. You can download our podcast from iTunes. You can subscribe. We're on Facebook. We're on, we've, you know, online at the website. And we're also on radio stations. So we appreciate it very much listening to the program okay have I, have I just made you nauseated by all my gratitude and gratefulness i just want everybody to know i appreciate it because you know honestly we're competing with the world we're not trying to but we are because really the the internet and radio and newspapers and all these different mediums now you're basically out to the world because everybody has got an online presence okay even you know there's like an egg who's got like 14 million likes on Instagram. Everybody's online. This egg has got 14 million likes. That's much more than I've got. How can I be the egg? Okay, well, we've got to just get out of this rabbit hole because it's time. We've got to go. So thank you very much, David Allen with Elite Energy Services with our Crude Life Daily Update. And Michelle Comer, North Dakota Commerce Department, formerly uh, the labor secretary and what we talked about is the traditional four-year degree or a trade or skills degree that conversation is now being had amongst parents and educators etc the old paradigm of you go get a four-year degree that's not the case anymore uh, people are talking about maybe getting their CDL and making hundred and fifty grand a year for a few years by the time they're 22 years old instead of having a hundred thousand dollars in debt uh, with a four-year business degree uh, maybe you go get a year or two degree at a trade school for artificial intelligence and make $80,000 a year when you're 20 years old. So these are the conversations. Michelle Comer, thank you very much for being a part of that conversation. And Austin Aries, professional wrestler, author, speaker, thank you very much for joining the program and telling us your story about your vegan and plant-based diet 
interesting being a, a bodybuilder, uh, professional wrestler, yet you're a plant-based individual. So great program today in the Multimedia Cafe. My name is Jason Spies. We'll see you tomorrow, folks. Tomorrow is Wednesday. So we say a quick goodbye to Tuesday, January 15th, and we'll see you tomorrow. My name is Jason Spies. I am the host of the Multimedia Cafe, and we leave you with awesome vibes for the rest of your day. Meridian Energy Group of Belfield, North Dakota, is building the most technologically advanced oil refinery on the planet, the Davis Refinery, a project designed to achieve emission control levels the industry has never seen before. The Davis Refinery, working for North Dakota. MeridianEnergyGroupInc.com.